0: right Hey guys, what's happening? This podcast episode is brought to you by our sponsor. you ready? You're going to find them on Instagram at Glitter Karaoke Houston. Glitter Karaoke Houston, it's in Midtown. It's the perfect place for you to go and have your midweek unwind with a drink or three. It's one of the hottest little spots for karaoke and their food menu, their kitchen is yummers, like num, 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 num. Their dumplings, their chicken... Oh, God, what the hell did I have there? The chicken, not chicken wings, the chicken poppers. I don't know. All I know is the food is amazing. They're there for you Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, 8 p.m. to 2 a.m. Wednesdays, which is today, 6 p.m. to 2 a.m. And on Sundays, they're there for you, 11 a.m. to 2 a.m. You know what? They have industry night. That means the people that work in the industry, that work their asses off in the kitchen, in the bars, in the restaurant, Monday is your night. Tuesday, taco night. Wednesday, steak night. Thursday is chef pop-ups. That means local chefs here in the Houston area get to come and do their thing and share their little menu with all their yummy stuff, right? And then Friday and Saturday, of course, is karaoke. Sundays is always live music and a DJ. So you got to pop in. They're at 2621 Milan milam m-i-l-a-m milam street houston texas and that's in midtown take care guys
1: hey can you hear
0: me (laughs) hello yes we're being recorded we're on (laughs) oh yeah okay
1: I i don't see you
0: no because it's audio
1: Uh, (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm so dressed up with my breath up, stuck.
0: Okay. Okay, cool. Welcome. Hello, (laughs) Shelly. Welcome to Middle Finger Happiness. (laughs) Hi, Sharon.
1: I'm so excited to be here. I've got such a girl crush on you from Instagram.
0: Oh, my goodness. We'll have to put that hashtag in there, Girl Crush Wednesday. I think it's Girl Crush Wednesday or something like that. Anyway, but I'm so glad you're here and you took uh, some time out of your day uh, to be here. I took a, an intermission. I've actually been off my podcast for, I believe eight weeks. I took eight weeks off in almost the three years that I've been with the podcast. And it was weekly. I decided I'm going to just take a little intermission. So you're the first girl back.
1: Well, shit. I'm so honored. My God. I was like, ah,
0: I found each other. Um, how did we meet? I, remember how I have was.
1: no idea. And I love your vibe. And I'm total, I'm like a total music junkie. And like every time you add music with your posts, it's always a band that I freaking love. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't remember
0: why or how. Honestly. Oh yeah. No music and art go together. Um, exactly. We have some commonality in the music likeness. like black blood Zeppelin Um, And we're going to talk about that. So let me do a real proper introduction. Welcome to Middle Thinker Happiness podcast. Work hard, live well. Don't fuck with me. That is the same title of the book that's on Amazon. But we are here to reach out and listen to stories. I call them the comeback story, the struggle, and then the comeback. Everybody wants to know how back from the from the struggle. And so today my guest is Shelly Brown, who is a new author of a book that uh, we're going to talk about, talk about how you came up with the title, but the name of your book is Weird Girl Adventures. And I have something here. It says the glue begins to dry when we choose to let, gl- let go of the suffering and realize we can continually pick up the pieces as well as let go of the pieces that no longer serve us weird girl. I love that. Um, so I always ask the magic question. It's who are you and what do you do? So
1: I am somebody that is like very many people who felt like they didn't fit in, who felt like they were weird and didn't know I was weird till I was judged and labeled. And so I put it on like an itchy freaking sweater that I didn't think that I could take off for decades. And then I learned that I could take the darn sweater off, wrap it around my neck and make it a cape for my superpower. (laughs) I love it. Spread the weird, the word, and the all the good stuff of our own humanity that can be
0: ugly and shitty and aching and beautiful and just human. You know, we're all weird in our exactly. own way. And we really are. And the more we embrace it, I think the word is authenticity, but... Um, yeah, everybody's strange. We're all a little touched in a funny way. Um, where did you come up with the, the title, though, Weird Girl Adventures? Because that's such a catchy yeah, title.
1: Thanks. So part of my weird and a lot of us, a lot of our weird is that we kind of separate ourselves and we're like one person, especially when you've been in the corporate world, it's tough. You're like one person on Facebook, one person on LinkedIn, one person at work, one person in bed, one person at whatever. And so... I was writing these observational, quirky stories. I just started writing them, and I kind of deemed myself weird girl. And so I would post
0: stories that were under the... Uh Uh-oh, lost you. Uh Uh-oh. Are you there? I'm here. I'm here. Oh, my goodness. Okay, I lost you where you said uh, deemed myself.
1: Oh, I kind of started writing these these little stories of observational stuff that I noticed and saw or my own sort of whack job emotions of going on a freight train to a roller coaster you know down a rabbit hole and and I'm okay kind of stories and I deemed
0: myself weird girl I love it one of the, and, and there's something that really struck my curiosity. I used to run quite a bit. Um, as I've gotten older, I noticed my old knee injury doesn't allow me to run as far as I used to. I still do run and do my hot yoga. But you were an ultra, I'm looking at your bio, an ultra marathon runner. And you had an injury. Can you tell us about that? And how did you get into ultra marathon running? Well, how, I
1: I got into ultramarathon running as a sort of a jump from an eating disorder into a new addiction of going crazy with working out. But I really loved it. But I, I also wore running as sort of an identity of accomplishment and accolades and look at me. But it was something that came easy to me. And I really loved running. And so I ran and I ran and I ran. And part of it was sort of making like I said, that sort of identity outside of myself because whatever I was, wasn't okay. So, but I could run like a crazy person. And then my vertebrae
0: collapsed on the nerves going down my leg. Oh my goodness. Did that happen as you were running or did it happen like afterwards? Or it just... It's it's a
1: culmination of a series of events that included
0: running through pain. Okay. We're breaking up again, guys. I'm so sorry about this. I'm going to have to see. Is it my money? Cause I, I don't okay. Know. We, I don't know what happened to the internet, but it said you were saying a culmination of, it was
1: a culmination of crazy events that all occurred at once. Um, I was in a relationship with somebody that became a drug addict and I was running through pain and it was just, you know, one of those times where you get broken open and the shit that you're doing in life doesn't work and all of a sudden everything collides and pours your life bucket upside down. So I ran through pain. I was with somebody that was losing their own identity and I was losing mine all at once. So it was crazy.
0: You know, and there's a lot of people that are going through that that are listening. Um, Not everything is perfect. In fact, there's no such thing as a perfect life. We all have the challenges. So my other question, I love to ask this one is like, what is one of your favorite um, comeback stories from coming out of a struggle? I know you mentioned uh, ultra marathon running and and now you're, you're, I don't know, have you completely healed, but one of the, from your injury and, you know, how did that connect with the best comeback story that you could share with us? The comeback story is really
1: that when we make our identity of things outside of ourselves, of things that we can do, those things really are not who we are. And if they go away, the comeback is in the resilience to figure out what's the the new next, that that the things that that make you you that You're not going to lose like your own creativity, your own ability to create art, your values, things like that. When Mm -hmm. what the comeback is, when I stopped looking at the world like it was the clothing store for my identity, I had to sit with my own emotions and my own, you know, crazy thoughts and be with my emotions for the first time and deal with them. And through the practice of mindfulness, and I'm not talking about woo-woo mindfulness, I'm not a woo-woo person at all, um, I was able to create some space between my thoughts and my reactions to them. And it kind of broke me open to a lot of creativity. And I started doing art, and I started writing, and I learned to bring mindfulness to organizations using rock music.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: you know, I was a skeptic and I knew that I wanted to bring it in a way that would be accessible to people and that it would vibe with the people that thought, ew, mindfulness, I don't want to sit in my Lululemons and light incense and say ohm. So I wanted to create a way to bring it to people that that would be cool and that would be like easy for them to understand. So I I my comeback is. Creating a program that introduced mindfulness with rock music, writing a book, starting a hand cut collage greeting card line and doing
0: my artwork. And it's therapy. It really is. uh, In so many ways, art and music are um, they are therapy. They are tools. And I'll never forget. There's a quotable that's I should probably get it tattooed somewhere. Um, Kurt Cobain said this and he said, thank you for the pain. Or no, thank you for the heart. I needed it for my art. And if you think about it the most, (laughs) yeah, right? It's kind of deep. And it's one of the most, um, the people that are, I I don't know, they're the most creative. They've been through some shit. And they've either, if you look at an artist, uh, their work from the beginning, middle and end, it's like a journal. So like, do you have this type of journal as far as what you're currently working on? And do you have your art and you are an artist? What kind of art do you do? So I started out
1: doing hand cut collage with magazines and then I sort of got, well, actually it goes back further. I started doing photography and then I started doing hand cut collage. And for some reason that medium was really interesting to me because it's, it's super like present moment. You don't know what you're going to create. And I got super good at my cutting and um, I started uh, I started selling my collage art and it was really autobiographical. I, I'm older and I had a mom who was like this feminist and I was in a world of, you know, Mrs. Brady moms. And for some reason, the confusion about femininity and what a woman was, I I did that in my art. And then I started teaching myself to draw, and it really came from the music that I love—listening to Led Zeppelin, listening to Crosby, Stills, and Nash, listening to the Black Crows—and then starting to draw like a really hippie type of art. So it's been it's been really fun. I, I like drawing random objects, you know, everyday objects, and so it's been this continuum of
0: evolving art no it's like a it's a journal if you like I said if you look at a piece uh, if a body of work for an artist um beginning middle and end their life is it's a it's a journal you'll see oh their art is going through this phase they're drawing this way or they're doing this like you said you were into photography and then you went into hand cut collage but those are just like the 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 physical journal that people can see, Oh, this is what Shelly's doing. This is what she's going through. So, so would you recommend, and this is kind of off the cuff, would you recommend to people who have never drawn or they, they say they're not creative to begin to be creative? Like where would they start when you always meet that person that's like, Oh, Shelly, I'm not creative like you. What would you say to that? I hear that all the time. And there's
1: one thing that I wanted to say really, really quickly you know, I didn't always know that I was an artist and and was kind of covering it up with this bad ass exterior. And so I got tons of tattoos and I have a back piece from my neck to my butt. And people are like, what does this mean? And I say my response is I didn't know that I could make art myself. So I put it on my body.
0: Mm. What What is the art? What is the tattoo? What is it?
1: Well, I wish I could tell you that it meant something, but it meant that I was dating a biker and that I thought the art of tattoos was really cool. And so I have a heart with a keyhole and 13 roses and it literally means nothing. It just means that I have this big ass tapestry on my back and it's cover up from random stuff that I put on there before
0: that. And it kind of. it means um, nothing. Well, it means something. I mean, I look at you what? know I'm a big fan of Ed Hardy. I don't know. If I'm really Me, yeah, and so. that's my tattoo style. It's all yeah, good. yeah. I was that's like, I, I love Ed Hardy. In fact, I collect his uh, perfume per- perfume bottles. So when I yes. run out, I'm like, oh, this is it's a it's art. His actual uh-huh. cologne. For those of you who are listening, you're like, who the hell is that? You go look him up, Ed Hardy. But he started this beautiful. um what was it? Love kills, you know, or love, yeah, dog, li- yeah. love kills slowly or something like that. And I never understood it, uh, what okay. that meant till later in life. I'm like, yeah, love does kill slowly. <laughs>
1: well, it's so edgy and it's true and it's rock and roll. And I mean, my tattoo artist was the apprentice of the apprentice of Sailor Jerry and people don't know who Sailor Jerry is. And oh, he's tell the- us who's that. Yeah. So Sailor Jerry is probably one of the most famous tattoo artists in, in American history. And he's the one that did the hula girl. Yes. So totally pin up, totally traditional ink. And I love drawing that style too. But the point is people expect me to have this big story around the meaning of my tattoo and the meaning of my tattoo is really that I seriously didn't know that i had the art within me and so i put it on me and you put it on you okay yeah
0: yeah and you know, it's so funny some people i remember when i have i have um a few tattoos just a few but they're all they're words um and they're my words but i want to get some art art on my body but i remember somebody telling me you know that's permanent i'm like oh, really yeah really yeah there's a lot of shit that's permanent internet's permanent you know <laughs>
1: I have a story in my book called the girl dragging the tattoos and the, and the end, the last part of the story is the story of my tattoos and you know how the first one I got was on a blind date. And then, you know, the, the guy bought the tattoo for me. That was my first one. But the end of the story is live the journey, regret not, you know, and I'm like, all right, fine. I'm teaching younger people how to age gracefully with ink. I love that.
0: I'm going to quote you, Lee, no, live the journey. Regret not. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Regret not. And, you know, I have something close to that. I've always said, look, don't regret anything because at one time it's something you wanted. Right. And you're like, in the moment, that's what I wanted. I wanted these tattoos. <laughs> no <asses>. uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. And now I, and I don't regret it, but now I get
1: to make art. I get to create the space in my mind to just vibe on my art, listen to music. And it just brings me so much joy and happiness. And what I would say to anybody who doesn't think that they're creative, most people who say I'm not creative like you, they have some sort of desire to do it. Well, and,
0: know, we're all creative. I'm going to, I'm going yeah. to have a guest on my show at the end of the month. And he's like a neuro brain, um, what is his title? He works with the brain and the neurons and memory. And he talks about how, you know, we have the left brain, and the right brain. So when he, he said, yeah, when people say they're not creative, here's what happens. They stopped using that creativity part of their brain. Yeah. So it's kind of like it, it, it's a muscle. It doesn't get used. But once you start. Doing stuff that's creative. It doesn't matter. Gardening. I mean, just anything that's the, the neurons start like growing like ivy, ivies and go, oh, yeah, yeah, I like this. So we're all creative creatures, I think. And I used to be in corporate America. You come from corporate America. When we have those, quote, job jobs, the nine to five, you come home tired. You don't have the time or the bandwidth to go, okay, now I'm going to go be creative. You're like, I'm tired. I gave all my energy to the job. I'm going to eat something or I'm going to go for a run and then I'm going to go to bed. And most of us live like that for many years. So how do you tell somebody or advise somebody to get out of that, uh, I guess, that um, routine or spice up the routine? Because we all have jobs, bills to pay, et cetera. You know, so how do you inspire people to get out on their own uniqueness, like you said?
1: Well, the brain is like a restaurant. When it's at capacity, you can't take any more reservations. So you can't let in a table of four when you're when you're packed, you know. And so the things that we want to do are on a waiting list for us to create the space to be able to do them right. Mm-hmm. And So whatever it takes to wh- whether it's mindset, whether it's listening to music, whether it's taking a pause, it's creating more space to let go of all the crap that's going on in your head that that makes it impossible
0: to book a table table at four got it yeah you have to declutter you got to declutter because the brain yeah. is shooting uh trillions right now as even as we're speaking all the things that our brain is doing fast quickly and um i think sometimes you know just like your iphone don't you have to download it, it uploads at night or it downloads at night, right? The iOS, the, the updates, yes. right? Okay. Yes. Well we're supposed to do that at night and that's why sleep going to ask you, uh, what are your thoughts on sleep? Oh my gosh. I sleep really well, but I went
1: through three years of insomnia because my stress response was broken after the chronic injury that, I mean, the injury and the chronic pain, and my fear about, oh my God, what's going to happen? I'm not going to be able to walk. I'm not going to be able to run. I'm not going to, you know, all the worry, the fear, the regret, the remorse, the arguing with reality. Like, Uh-oh, oh my gosh, guys,
0: I'm losing Shelly again. Um, sorry. Uh-oh. Internet problems. There we go. Kat, are you there? Yeah. Yeah. I lost you for like 20, maybe 10 seconds oh, when you sure. talked about That's okay. Uh, broken stress response. I got that part. What, what were you saying about that?
1: Yeah, so I couldn't sleep because I was just incessantly thinking and worrying and in fear and just could not like get, be present because I was so scared about what was going to happen with my physical abilities, you know, would I be able to run again? Would I be able to walk again? Would I, you know, just the fear of the unknown just overtook me and I couldn't sleep. And I would like to fall asleep, and then Lincoln Park would be in my head. Like I'm checking out, just taking out you know. It'd be like all this music, like earworms in my head, and I couldn't sleep. And and so I had to figure out a way to
0: to stop the incessant looping thoughts. And how did you do that for anybody who's listening? Because they're like, oh yeah, me too, Shelly. I have insomnia. Um, what helped you?
1: It, it literally mindfulness literally mindfulness. And again, like I said, when I heard the word mindfulness, I was like, oh yeah, excuse me, but fuck you. I don't want my third eye to open up and I can't focus. I don't know how to do it well. And my mind won't stop thinking and I'm really bad at it and blah, 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 blah. Now it's mostly through the space of art, listening to music and doing art, because you are mindful by default you're looking at the colors you're looking at what you're doing you're focused on what you're doing so mindfulness doesn't have to look like sitting there cross legged in meditation although it is a really good way to train your mind to have an object to focus on which is your breath you know but knowing that that your mind is going to think because that's what minds do And literally just starting out like five minutes a day, whether it's connecting with your breath, holding your hands and paying attention to the way your fingers feel, going outside and listening to what's coming into your ears or walking around and pointing out everything that you see with your eyes without, without qualifying it, just getting present, getting Uh present. The
0: last thing she said was without, sorry, God in there okay the last thing you said was without <laughs> i'm losing. <laughs> are you there? without with yeah can you hear me i hear you now yes ma'am yeah. without
1: judging what you see it's all being present with our senses so if you walk outside and you're like tree, green leaf, small leaf, leaf with water spot on it. You are present. Your mind is not able to go anywhere else. If you are labeling what you're taking in with your eyes or with your ears, or when you focus on your breath over and over and over and over again, Mm. that just creates space.
0: There's something that I've learned too. It's, and I chant this to myself. I don't know where I heard it somewhere, but it's, I am the one that's here now. I am the one that's here now and like right now, like right now, I'm, I'm, right now I'm with Shelly and we're talking and we're on the podcast. I'm not doing anything else. And sometimes we forget to connect. Oh, I'm going to sound cuckoo, but that's okay. I'm, I'm with the weird girl adventure. So when you, <laughs> you, when you connect your soul, you start living a more spectacular life and that's a strong word spectacular i didn't say a great life perfect life but it is spectacular you know we're breathing we have our sight we have our hearing Um, we're able to walk down the hall to the kitchen or, or walk to the bathroom you know the smallest things we take for granted and we're so bombarded with Um, I don't know, you probably are as an author, you get DMs, you get messages, you know, your phone's blowing up, people are asking you questions, and sometimes you have to turn it off. So that was another question. Do you ever turn off your phone, your apps, or how do you do that?
1: I do. I don't keep my text notifications on ever. I don't like them. I find them disruptive. And so I don't keep my text notifications on. And I also don't keep my computer notifications on. I check in when I check in, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of things that are distracting. And I know that some of them just cause us to feel like shit, like looking at Instagram every second and feeling like you have to engage with everybody or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. And you know what? Nobody's going to miss you if you're not there today.
0: No, no. And someone asked me a question actually just this morning. Um, they're like, I notice your Instagram's growing and it grows a little bit every day. And I say a little bit, two, three, maybe four new, um, friends or followers. That's the healthy way for it to grow and actually have a DM, a very short, small conversation, you know, Hey, Shelly, this is Sharon. I love your energy. i I really dig everything you have on your, on your platform. You know, I go out of my way to make those small connections Daily, if not, well, not every day, because it can be overwhelming. So how do you build your audience? Maybe somebody who's listening who is a new author like you. How do you build?
1: Well, thanks. So one of the ways I'm going to give an example is something that you suggested the other day. Mm -hmm. You know, my my acknowledgments in my book start out with thanking Led Zeppelin, the Black Crows and the Rolling Stones uh, just to name a few for getting me in this place where I was getting off social media and getting clear and creating space and helped me just kind of s- just kind of stop the freaking roller coaster of social media shit. And so I highlighted that. And like you suggested, I tagged Led Zeppelin fans, Rolling Stones fans, mm-hmm. Black Rubs mm-hmm. fans. And I had people like, anybody who loves the Black Crows is a friend of mine. And <laughs> I, did, I did exactly what you said. Yeah. I, I reached out and thanked them for following me. And I engaged with them. And so I did that. The other thing is I have advanced testimonials for my book. And I have made posts about some of those testimonials or, you know, when somebody comments on something I say, I screenshot it and I try to, you know, do a put that on my story.
0: Oh, yeah. So now that we're on the topic of your awesome book, um, let us know when it's coming out, where they can get um, not the ARC, not an advanced reader copy, but where they can pre-order. Um, Tell us about that. Where can <laughs> they find you?
1: So it's Weird Girl Adventures from A to Z. And the tagline is, "It's not a label, it's a lifestyle." It comes out a week from Sunday on the twenty-second, and it's available for pre-order on Amazon, on at Target, Barnes and Noble, and Walmart.
0: Awesome, girl. Okay, so this is uh, June twenty-second is going to debut. Okay, um, and I've got all those things down. Is there any other? social media where people can connect with you. I know I have your Instagram, which is weird girl adventures. So you can follow Shelly there at weird girl adventures. Is there any other social media yeah. uh, platforms?
1: Yes. And, and I want to share that. And I also want to share just, just a second about the book, but the, the other platform is through my website, weird girl adventures from, uh, sorry, weird girl
0: yeah, that's where I'm at now. I love your website, by the way. Hey. Very, very clean and simple. Very cool. Um, Are you on Facebook? Are you I, on Twitter? I am.
1: Just my personal page, Shelly Brown on Facebook.
0: Okay, but you'd rather people connect with you on IG? Yep. Cool. Very cool. So for anybody who's thinking um, right now, they're like, you know, Shelly, you don't know my story. You know, because I've been told that. Sharon, you don't know my st- No, I don't know your story. You know, I have been called weird or I have been labeled odd or I have been told you're so strange or what would your response be to somebody who is going through that?
1: I think that most of us go through a time in our lives like a pivotal moment where we're judged as weird. and. Like I said at the beginning of the podcast, it's as if we put this sweater on, this narrative, this judgment. Oh, my God, I'm weird. Oh, my God, I don't fit in. Oh, my God, I don't belong. Oh, my God, I'm so fucked up. Whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And And we suffer because we take that judgment like we bought it at Amazon and we keep it.
0: I want to return this, please.
1: (laughs) Well, there is a delete button and a save for later, by the way. So if you can't, if you can't delete it, you can put it in the, you know, we go through life like, like life is an Amazon cart. And we want to shove every thought into it. Like we are buying it and we're going to own it. And I think it's a good, the reminder is that, that, we are, we have choice. We're going to have difficult feelings. We're going to have shitty feelings about ourselves. We're going to take that judgment and think about it, but allowing it to be there and not acting on it or not reacting to it and just doing your thing. I think we all can realize that the things that we're judged weird about are usually the ways that we can help other people.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Because of the quirkiness Well, oh, and we're all in what, if you're not weird, I'm kind of like, you're not my people. Um, and if you no. don't, and if you don't like dogs, you're definitely not my people. Me too. And by the way, I have a Jack Russell pug
1: mix and I saw your dogs and they're awfully cute.
0: <laughs> they're all rescues are all girls. So, um, well, have you had any words of wisdom? That sounds so cliche words of, oh, I, I don't know words to get somebody out of a funk. There we go. Some some good words to pull someone out of a funk, not a fuck, but a funk. I have
1: a really <laughs> good word that I use all the time and it's okay. bullshud. What? Bull. It's bullshud.
0: Bullshit. Okay. Get, explain explain so it to bull, me, sister.
1: Bullshit is the name of my next book. And bullshit is the space between where you are and where you think you should be or where people are telling you you should be. And that is the space of should shaming and shittiness. So when you notice the bullshit that you're wanting to be something you're not or thinking you should do something or somebody's telling you you shouldn't. Notice that that's bringing you suffering and that allowing yourself to be right where you are, even if it sucks, even if you hate it, even if you love it, even if you don't embrace it, even if you don't want to rock it, allowing yourself to be where you're at, just knowing that that that's what's present for you, because it's going to change in two minutes or an hour or five minutes or tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Or a good night's sleep. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Oh, my goodness.
0: I don't know if anyone's listening. I mean, they are listening, but... I've had days and maybe you have where you're working on a project and it's all, nothing's going right. Like nothing is going right. And you're like, okay, let me close the laptop. Let me put everything down and get outside or go to bed or start tomorrow. When you come back, right. With a fresh pair of eyes, that bullshit goes away. I mean, you're kind of like, Oh, here's the answer all along. Maybe I was too tired. Maybe I had too much going on. my yeah. plate, Or like you said, the, the reservation of, of the, uh, of the restaurant. I love that analogy. Um, yeah, we, we really do need to do that. And just, just take a moment to be in the mindfulness. There's got to be another word for mindfulness, Shelly.
1: You know, I know I hate it. I think it's the driver of your awareness. Because honestly, if you're driving down a road and you want to stay in your lane, that's how I believe the mind works. It's like, I'm driving down a road and over on my right is this self-pity shit going on. I'm like, I see you, but I'm staying on the road. And over on the left is, god damn it, I fucking hate this. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm just driving on the road. So I I, I just think it's driving, being in the driver's seat of your awareness is what mindfulness is to me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely being in the moment. Or like I said earlier, what did I say? The thing I say? Oh, yeah, I'm the one that's here now. Yeah, I'm the one that's here. I'm, I'm yeah. right here now. Yay! Yay! Well, well, I just want to say thank you for coming on to the podcast and being my first person after my uh, intermission. <laughs> um, and we're going to I'd love to have you back again, maybe after the holidays or, you know, uh, I want to see like where your book is coming. And since you kind of dropped a little, uh, I don't know, oh, a little okay. there. Yeah, your bill should. I know as writers, we always have something in the in the burner, like, OK, I'm working on the next project. So <laughs> we're definitely got to have you on that. Um, and you know, let me know anything I can do to help you. I just, like I said, I love your vibe, your energy on, on Instagram, and I wish you nothing but continued success with your writing and your speaking and your just everything that you do.
1: Thank you, Sharon. And yes. by the way, this book is a super easy beach read. It's short stories. It's not linear. Oh, we love
0: that for the ADH people. <laughs> <laughs> we like, squirrel, what? Huh? Oh, We're just that? the weird people. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, <laughs> Shelly Brown, thanks for being my guest. And again, one more time, you guys can follow Shelly at Weird Girl Adventures on Instagram. You can definitely go to her website, which is www.weirdgirladventures.com. Her book debuts um, June 22nd. And like she said, Barnes and Nobles, Target, and Amazon. Yeah. You're uh-
1: Karen, you are such a rock star. I still am going to have an epic girl crush on you forever.
0: (laughs) Same here, Wonder Woman. Okay, guys. Well, thanks (laughs) for listening. Have a great day. Take care, guys, and peace out.